can survive if I let you. Let the new era begin. The era of the ECW. Oh my god. This is extreme. Greetings everyone and welcome to This is Extreme. This is our second episode. Let me get it right off the top here. I apologize for the delay. Uh, I really, I, I put it out there. What I wanted to do for this second episode was discuss ECW, the video games. Uh, and because of my schedule and everything else, it, it just took me forever to schedule interviews uh, for this. It's all on me. I apologize. Super delayed. Uh, but here we are, right? And, hey, if it's any consolation, here's what's happened. What I envisioned to be one episode on the video games has now become two. That's right. We are going to have two parts to this episode. And this is the first part being released today. And why do you ask? Why is that? Because I have another interview lined up for the second part. But when I recorded this first interview for this one, it was so great. We talked so much. It was so cool. I thought, man, I'm just going to do this on its own, right? We're just going to do this in, in, in two parts because I think each interview stands on their own. And I don't want uh, I don't want any, uh, whatever. I don't want to over, over. Uh, muddy the waters here and I didn't want to put an episode out there that was like two hours right I'm not that kind of guy I, I like to keep uh, my podcast easily digestible around an hour somewhere in that 45 minutes to an hour 15 max range uh, I think that's the best uh, time frame so that's what I'm to do and anyway the interview today is with the extreme gamer if you you probably know him on social media he puts out great great stuff uh, his name's Luke we had a great interview and that's coming up here in just a bit uh, before we dive into that, hey, I want to give out a couple plugs to a couple of my fellow ECW podcasts out there. First of all, you've heard me talk about them before. Go check out Reliving the Extreme. Man, it's a great show. Uh, you know, Nate, Aaron, Chad, they do a great show. Chad, also a former ECW wrestler, do a great, great show. They do. It is a watch through show where they're watching through all the episodes. And man, they're great. They're hilarious. Go check them out. Look them up at Reliving the Extreme. And then let me tell you about a new show that you want to check out called The Complete ECW Story. Go check those guys out. They just started, just dropped their first episode, so you can get right in off the off the ground floor with them. Uh, but go look up both those on your favorite podcast platform and give them a, a, a subscribe. Excuse me, didn't mean to stutter over that. Uh, go subscribe to both of those. Now, I got a lot of feedback on my first episode, and it was some good, some bad, right? The, the, the listens and the downloads were good on it. And in retrospect, I wasn't 100% happy with the format of that first episode, but I felt like it was kind of what I needed to do. And that's kind of the, the feedback I got from you guys, right? Some of you said, oh, it was good. It was great, whatever. And some of you said, oh, man, it's a little dry. Uh, you know, it was just a lot of information, just kind of a read through that. I just didn't feel right. And I, and I agree, right? But I felt like it was what I really needed to do for the first episode of this show to talk about the birth of ECW and just, just lay that foundation, right? So I hope some of you stuck with me because it's going to get better from here. And I'm telling you, you're going to love today's episode. Like I said, we've got we've got interviews now and, and doing a lot more things that are, are more interactive, more fun, uh, whatever you want, whatever you're entertaining, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Uh, so I'm glad you stuck with us uh, and make sure you help uh, tell everybody, right? Share our post. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you are and all that good stuff. So before we dive into it, before we go to that interview, just give me let me give you a quick background on ECW video games. Uh, the first ECW video game was Hardcore Revolution. Uh, it was the first wrestling game to be based on ECW. Uh, it was the first professional wrestling video game to receive a mature rating. It was released by Acclaim Entertainment. And it was released for the Nintendo 64, the PlayStation, Game Boy Color, and Dreamcast. 
It was released on February 29th, 2000 in North America and March 17th, 2000 in Europe. Now, that was followed up by ECW Anarchy Rules. It was also released by uh, Acclaim. Excuse me. It was released for PlayStation and Dreamcast. It was released for the PlayStation on August 15th, 2000 in North America and September 1st, 2000 in Europe. And then it was released for the Dreamcast on November 28th, 2000 in North America and February 9th, 2001 in Europe. So there's, just in a nutshell, uh, just so you have a little background, uh, when we talk about ECW video games, there was the two games uh, and when they were released. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got the, the first ever interview here on This is Extreme from Luke, better known as the Extreme Gamer. So stick around. Be sure to follow This Is Extreme on all social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for EZW Pod. Be sure to follow us, keep up to date, and join in the discussions. We want to hear your feedback. So find us on all the social media platforms and join the revolution. All right, we're now joined by Luke, who you guys, uh, you may or may not know him. If you follow him on social media, you will know him as the Extreme Gamer. He is an avid uh, fan of the ECW video games and an uh, even more avid collector. Luke, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm very good, very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, like I said, my exposure completely with you has been on your social media. Your social media is great. You, you share lots of, lots of cool stuff, uh, lots of one-of-a-kind stuff. Uh, but tell tell me about when were you first exposed to ECW? Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, my, my first exposure to ECW was when I used to watch WWF back in the day. Uh, I was introduced to it through an older brother of a best friend, which I dare say is probably quite a common story amongst wrestling fans. But um, introduced to the WWF, uh, started watching around 99, say, uh, and then picked up a VHS at a, a boot sale, which we know is in, here in the UK. You guys might know it more as a... Uh, a garage sale, but a bit more in the middle of a field, loads of people, real strange concept if you think about it logically. Um, my parents bought me a tape of King of the Ring 98. Now, looking back, that being the first tape I ever actually owned and got to watch in my own time, like the chances of that, that particular show, those particular matches. And off the back of that, my love of wrestling grew and grew and then eventually found the Dudley Boys. Now, when I was on a holiday with my mum at one point, we popped into a... Uh, a secondhand video and music store, uh, and I found an ECW tape. Didn't really think much of it. I'd never heard of heard of the company before, uh, but I did see the Dudley Boys on the match card on the back. So oh, I know these dudes. I've you know I've not heard of this company before, but I'll, I'll check this out. Mom, mom, could I have this? Three or four pounds later, get the tape home, watch it. Wow, this is this is something else. This is different. This is pretty hardcore by comparison. I quite like this. You know the 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 raw style of it all the the whole company the presentation was just totally different to anything that i'd kind of absorbed before then when it came to wrestling so any any time i'd get the chance to go back to any of these secondhand video stores i'd constantly be on the lookout and from then the the tape collection grew ever so slightly i was never fortunate enough to have a big collection but you know I'd, i then started to discover you know rvd jerry lynn Bam Bam Bigelow, Shane Douglas, Raven, Sandman, Dreamer, like just over time starting to discover and fall in love with more and more of these guys that my exposure to before then had been absolutely zero. So that was where I was very first introduced to ECW and it was an almost immediate light bulb moment of, wow, I love this, man. This is sick. Yeah. So by the time you were exposed, was the, was the TNN show already on? 
Did you, I mean, did you get that in the UK or, or did you get the hardcore TV show with you? I mean, were you, did you discover any of that and find any of that? That there, there was TV in the UK. Uh, I never had Sky TV as a kid. We were just uh, to begin with channels one, two, three, and four. And then uh-huh. uh, as I grew a li- little bit older, channel five, man, just really blowing the doors open. Um, <laughs> some, some of my friends had Sky, so they did have the satellite TV. So if I was lucky enough to, I think I remember one pay-per-view we actually got to watch, me and my best buddy at the time. Uh, I want to say it was Unforgiven 2000. Only the, I, I can picture the, the poster for that. And for some reason, I think it was that event. But those guys were never really into ECW. They'd never heard of it. Obviously, by that point, we're, we're still, geez, it would have been nine years old. So when you're trying to introduce your nine-year-old friends, oh, check out this other company. No, no, it's not got Steve Austin. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll keep the hardcore stuff to myself then. That's fine. So we, we did get a whole whole lot of the, the TV stuff this side, mostly just because I didn't have access to it. And the friends of mine that could potentially have seen it just weren't interested. But yeah. uh, I, I have seen in, in recent months, some people have uh, stumbled across some of the recordings from uh, the Bravo TV station that it was aired on over here. So that's uh, that's floating around at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, so as you've collected and explored since then, I mean, what was the, I know we're going to get to the video games, but I'm curious about this side of it a little bit. What, what course, yeah. do you know, uh, what was the audience like for ECW in the UK? Was it, I mean, from what you've experienced talking to people, did it have a big audience? Was it, I mean, was it, you know, was it successful there? Did it, did it have a lot of viewers? Do you, have you seen anything about that? It's strange. You know, I mean, when you speak to British fans now, like everybody knows the name, everybody knows the legacy and everybody knows the history and, you know, people are, it's like anything that's, that's big looking back. It's, oh yeah, I was into that from way early. You know, oh, I yeah. knew that one. So you can never really be too sure how many people are legit when they're telling you they've been into it for, for a long period of time. But, you know, when, when you start to get some of the stories of, oh man, I remember sitting up till silly o'clock in the morning and I managed to catch it on TV a couple of times or, oh yeah, I grabbed a couple of those tapes just like you. I remember just watching those and thinking, man, who are these people? It, this, the stories seem to be, from my experience, for the most part, very similar to mine. Minimal exposure, but very, very impactful. Like th- There wasn't a lot of it, but what you could get your hands on definitely made an impact on those that were lucky enough to see it. I mean, a lot of the guys that are in the business now, I mean, shout out to Big Joe. He's currently over in the States today for the, the XPW California tournament. So shout out to Big Joe. He's a good dude. Um, chatting to him about some of his experience with you know, enjoying wrestling back in the day. Um, you know, he he was into it at, at the time. He got to watch it. And then you get into the, the tape trader circles and you start to experience that side of things. But where he had that, I, I didn't even have the fortune of being able to get into the tape trading scene. It was very much retail tapes bought secondhand because the market had already been and gone by that point. And as I say, this is 2000 by now, 2001 by the time I'm actually eventually getting into ECW. Funnily enough, just before the invasion started was when I really fell in love with ECW. So, yeah, that that was really that was really it. From what I can tell, most people it was it was very much dribs and drabs, just little bits here and there. No no real set in stone concrete way to consume the product. Yeah, I, I found that uh, <laughs> over time, you not in not just wrestling. You talk to a lot of people, and you get a lot of those folk tales where you know, oh yeah, I knew I knew about that before they were big or before they hit. I was a fan of. <laughs> And and you know oh, some of them are just they're just full of shit. They're just they're just pulling you. I mean, there's there's no way, you know. But uh, 
And, and I, I have to say, I, I've got some tales like that. I'm sure people have thought of, but I swear to God, all mine are true. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> it, sometimes it, it can become a bit of a, it, it feels like an almost a one-upsmanship where the person who's trying to feed you the line is like, well, damn, you, your story's cooler than mine now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew this guy personally before he yeah. made it big. Oh, okay. Sure. You did. Sure. Of course yeah. you did. <laughs> so <laughs> family friend. Yeah. Yeah. He has another cousin. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, hey, you're a collector of, of lots of wrestling stuff, and it's uh, you post a lot up on your social medias. But what we're going to talk about now is is related to the ECW video games. So, you, you when you got into it, the video games then, the, or the first one, the Hardcore Revolution, it came out. I mean, not long after you discovered ECW, then, right? I mean, r- roughly the same time. When did you when did, did you notice the video game? When did you when did you see that? Oh hell, what I'm watching here's a, now here's a game. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It was it was like the, the the perfect storm almost to to stumble across these tapes and and to recognize a few of the names and start to fall in love with the rest of the company. And then there's oh damn, I'm walking into an electronics boutique at the time, now known as as Game, looking around on on their shelves. It was always the same. Just oh, let's let's see what's out. Let's let's see what's around. Obviously by this point I'm still like I say nine, ten years old, eleven at a push. Just seeing what's around and oh, what is this? This looks sick. I know these guys. An ECW game, well, damn, by this point, I'm already playing Warzone. I'm already playing Attitude, and it looks exactly the same. I'm like, man, I love these games. So this is going to be just as sick. And I know that I know the, the people on this are even more hardcore. Awesome, yeah. Mom, mom, please. Just the standard, like, nine-year-old begging your parent for something <laughs> that's got a massive parental advisory sticker on the front. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Oh, it's just a game. Honestly, it's fine. It's just a game. Now I'm I'm quite lucky in as much as my mum was quite liberal with with video games and <laughs> you know one of the one of the first games I had I, I was playing the original GTA from like eight or nine years old so similar <laughs> yeah. kind of time and yeah, uh, yeah I, I could be I, I can only be eternally great eternally grateful for that and you know when you look at the packaging is you know Van Damme's hitting that kick on the back of Jerry Lynn's head with a chair okay yeah. not too brutal not too bloody and then you look on the back. Oh, they're, they're just posing. There's no blood. It's not too nasty. Like, this is on the back of Hardcore Revolution, obviously, to start with. Yeah. Uh, real gutter mouth crowd chants and commentary from ECW's <laughs> Joey Styles. Well, it's, it's nothing Luke's not heard before at home with his dad. That's fine. <laughs> Over 40 hardcore ECW stars. Well, I've not heard of these guys. They've not been in the news. So that's fine. I'm sure it can't be that terrible. There's me just sitting in my bedroom playing it, going over the uh, some of the more hardcore modes. It's absolutely dripping with blood. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't think she ever thought too much of it. It's just, uh, I just leave Luke and his games to it. But yeah, perfect time, perfect storm. The fact that, you know, it was very similar to the games that I was already playing up until that point. I, I never I never had the good fortune of having the newest games or anything like that. So it wasn't like I'd had the chance to play SmackDown or anything like that by the time I got my hands on the games. I then got these. It's like, oh, cool, yeah, this is just like the others. So no, works out really nicely. Yeah. So, so when whenever you got to play some of those newer games, how, how quick did it strike you that that maybe Hardcore Revolution wasn't quite as great as what it seemed to you? Because I mean, I know a lot of people have love hate relationships, right? I mean, but there's a lot of nostalgia there. But I mean, we call a spade a spade. The the game itself's not the greatest, right? <laughs> Mate, one of my favorite <laughs> phrases when it comes to the ECW games, and I've seen a couple of people quote it since, the ECW games are the video game equivalent of a face only a mother could love. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I love these games because of who is in them, 
what the games are and the fact that they are really if you think about it they are all we got when it came to ecw games so yeah by all means that the rose tinted glasses are in full effect those lenses are thick on these rose tinted glasses yeah but it's all we got so if you want to play a, a proper legitimate ECW game and you don't just want to play SmackDown versus Raw versus ECW, which for the record, I've never actually played. So I, I can't shit on it too hard. I've never actually played it. But if you want to play a proper legit ECW game, these are all we had. And I mean, yeah. to be fair, like I say, I, I didn't get hands on SmackDown until a little bit later, later down the line. So as far as all I knew at the time, everything was very similar. Everything was on the same plateau. Warzone, Attitude, Hardcore Revolution, all very similar this is wrestling games for all i knew at that point obviously you know you, you've got your throwbacks like your old nez yeah. and snez rest, wrestling games but <laughs> yeah they, they, these were still very futuristic by this point and how now i could throw people into barbed wire so this is still the future <laughs> yeah i mean well yeah i mean that all was unique though i mean you can knock the game all you want but other games didn't have the blood and didn't have the hardcore stuff and uh you know exactly. joy styles joy styles was great in it i mean i i think he's great and um so when, but when did you really dive into the collecting side? Uh, when did you, I mean, was it the nostalgia that brought you into it later? Or was it almost from the get-go you were trying to snatch up anything you could see? Or how did that happen? When, when it comes to the wrestling games, that, that was much more of a, a later thing. The wrestling collection was much more of a later thing. I was, I was a big, big wrestling fan around those real early ages during the peak Attitude Era years. I kind of fell off about 2003, 2004, the last... The last big kind of pay-per-view build-up and everything I really remember being super keen on was WrestleMania 20. So by that point, I'm still a pretty big fan. But after that, things died out pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. So by that point, everything, my interest in wrestling had pretty much stopped. There was no new video games, no new tapes. I mean, the last game, well, my, my, my memory of the, the timeline of it all might be pretty shot at this point. But the last game I had was uh the last one i brought when it was still all current and everything was here comes the pain uh for the ps2 and then a bit further down the line just the oh, i know a couple of names on this you know I, you know i've seen wrestlemania 20 i know a few of the names on it was then uh smackdown versus raw yeah uh, i don't think i ever got any of the ones after the first smackdown versus raw but um with the, the rest of the collecting everything after that kind of died a death i didn't get anything else there was nothing else to really add to it but I was always a hoarder. My mum and dad always told me, oh, you're such a hoarder. You keep too much. Oh, get rid of some of your old toys. Get rid of some of these old games. No, no, I don't want to. They're all mine. I love them all dearly. I love them all just as much as I did the day I got them. So I never actually got rid of anything. As I got older, you know, you get your, get your full-time jobs. You start getting a decent income. You start getting a bit of disposable income. You start getting your hobbies, the things that you're into. I play guitar. Well, I can't keep buying new guitars. That's way too expensive. Start doing a few other things. Okay, this is this is all quite costly now. I eventually kind of fell back into love with wrestling again through WWE. We just me and my partner were offered some tickets to go and see SmackDown in London, and just the atmosphere of it all got me again. I was like, man, I've actually really quite missed this. Kane and Big Show were on the were on the show, so seeing that entrance for the first time was was fantastic. And I was like, you know what? I, I might catch up on what's going on these days. I'll catch up with the current products. And from there, went on to rewatching some of my old tapes, replaying some of the old games. Oh, you know, I've, I've still got some of my old DVDs. I've still got some of my old tapes. So I wonder if I buy a couple more and then it, it all starts to snowball. And then before long, just getting a couple to relive the nostalgia be- becomes, 
oh, I've got quite a few now. This is a good collection. Let's see if I can collect all of a certain year. And then it becomes, oh, let's see if I can collect everything past a certain year. And then it's, damn, I'm only a few away from a full collection now. And then it became the the full uh, the full ECW set of all of the retail UK releases. And then wanted to collect all of the uh, the WWE DVDs from the, the time frame that I was watching. So I think at this point I've got everything between the start of 1996 through to the end of 2002. And uh, yeah, that then spilled over into the video games, wanting to get a few extras. Again, just focused mainly on the ECW games. With any video game collector, with anybody who's super serious about a particular series or a particular title, it's not just, cool, I own that, I own that game. I love that game. It's then... Okay, what other variants were there? What other variations were there? What different packaging was there? Were there promotional copies? I, I found a love for uh, X-Rental PlayStation 1 games uh, with the clamshell cases. I've got a small collection of those now as well. And then it's uh, finding the, the promotional-only copies of the games that were sent out for review or to, to use in stores. Uh, sealed copies of the games. Man. That one does start to get into the realms of uh, guitar prices, so I'm not necessarily too too much better off when it comes to some of those. But yeah, it, it just snowballed and snowballed over several years, and now I find myself in a position where I'm able to sit back and and look at it on my shelves and you know feel a sense of pride. When we were messaging, uh, you were t- you showed me and talked to me uh, about some of the renders and reference pictures that you have, and they're I mean, they're like really really fascinating. So tell us. Tell, for everybody that's listening, tell us about those and, and how you came to to get them and, and the backstory on them a little bit. Yeah, man. So the, that's the crazy thing. When Acclaim went bust, the uh, the developer of the game, they sold up all of their assets. And from what I can find, at one time, they sold off literally a couple of crates and crates of various different bits. And a couple of crates contained some old hard drives, whether it be external drives or internal drives. I don't really know the specifics of that bit, but... The person that was fortunate enough to pick those up uh, managed to back them all up and open them up, take a look and see everything that was inside. Now, there was assets for the ECW games. There was a couple of bits on there for WWF Attitude, uh, some on there for Turok, uh, some bits on there for for several different games. Revolt, a remote control car, like an RC car game from back in the day as well. There was a lot of stuff on there that was really quite cool, but... Obviously, the main thing that really interested me was the ECW parts. Now, as for how they came to be brought to my attention, they were initially uh, shown off by uh, another guy on the scene, the Extreme Collector, another guy with an incredible, incredible profile. Lots and lots of followers on that one. Be sure to uh, listen to check him out if they haven't done so already as well. And um, he posted a couple of bits off that. I was like, damn, where's he gotten these from? He, you know, as anyone does in the scene, anytime anybody catches anything they know other people will be interested in, you, you dangle the bait a little bit, like, ah, look what I've got. Yeah. So he sent me, uh, sent me a high-res version of the, I think it was the Hardcore Revolution logo. I'm like, shit, dude, where did you get these from? Uh, little little birdie, you know, he was he's being quite quite secretive about the info, which I, I totally get. I'm I'm cool with that. Everybody likes to keep their sources close to their chest, so you know, so you can. There's a sense of pride to be had in all of this. And so when he was posting that, you know, did a bit of research, and another another guy that I was chatting with did some research, and we managed to find someone on Twitter who had posted, I think it was RVD's renders from, or, or at least some photos from one of those one of the photo shoots. And that was posted before 
any of us had really seen it or posted any of it. So I reached out. I was like, hey, dude, I've seen you posted these. Like, Where did you get this from? And I chatted away to him for a little while. He, he's a really good dude as well. And he said, yeah, I'll let you in on a little secret as to, as to where you found them. Now, I'm I'm not going to reveal the, se- like the, se- the secret location of these for now on, on, on this pod, I'm afraid. Main, main reason being, I get messages, and anybody else who has access to these files gets messages on a regular basis from uh, the creator wrestler communities that play uh, a lot of the WWE games, yeah. which I understand these are an absolute goldmine for people wanting to make these. But I'm aware there are interested parties now i'm trying to be careful what i say here (laughs) there are interested parties in using some of those old elements it has been brought to my attention that are very interested in using them to the point of having papers drawn up to try and restrict a a lot of people knowing about it or accessing it or, or using them and basically these communities getting their hands on all of this stuff would completely pay to this particular company wanting to use these renders. Now, obviously at this point, I already don't know if, if I've said too much or how much of a hornetsness this is going to shake up. But, you know, for for anybody who does listen, who's interested in getting these renders, don't come knocking. I, I, I literally can't tell you where they are. I was fortunate <laughs> enough to find it all. You know, maybe I've laid out enough breadcrumbs for people to do their research and and find it from themselves, but I, I can say this for sure: they are out there in the public domain. If they are not that hard to find, it baffled me when when I was told where to find them. So like, shit, that's genius. Like they're, yeah. they're right there, but it's it's that age old thing. It's knowing what terms to look for and what places to right. uncover a treasure trove of this old information. So it it turns out they were there all along. Ever since ever since a claim folded and this guy got these these hard drives, they've been online in their raw form for anybody to download and access for years now. Yeah, that's years a while. and years. So I, I mean, the renders are cool, but man, I love some of these reference pictures that I've seen out there because some of I mean, I laugh at some of them because it's like they look, yeah. they're just standing there and they're so they've got this real bland look on their face, you know, because they're yeah, and it's like you're used to seeing promo pictures, you know, where they're all in character and, and, and you know, trying exactly. to portray it. And here they are just standing and it's just, some of them just, Oh, they make, they make me laugh so far, you know, oh, they're pretty funny. Some but they're great. so uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it's one of one or two of RVDs. He looks genuinely really uncomfortable. Like yeah. the way he's standing doesn't even look natural. Like he's been asked to stand in, in almost uh almost like a T pose as, as a lot yeah. of, a lot of uh, uh. developers use for, for building characters. Like he effectively, he's been, asked to stand in a certain way that's just not natural for them to be able to see whether it be the light hitting his muscles or it be the way that his uh his gear sits on his body or something like that but yeah yeah like, like you say some of them look really strange and really uncomfortable some of them look really fun some of them look really cool yeah but uh it's, it's always, definitely an interesting mix i'm always fascinated by that stuff and like the where they do the 3d scans for figures and stuff and uh yeah i'm a on a, on a like on a side i'm a i'm a huge motorhead fan right and i I heard an interview one time with Lemmy where where they scanned him for like a figure, a statue thing they did for him. And uh, he, he was trying to get an explanation exactly what it was. He's like, what are we doing here? And he's they're like, oh, this is, this is for your action figure. And he says, oh, he's like, are you, are you going to put a dick on it? And they're like, no. And he goes, well, this is not going to get much action. And then is it? And I'm like, man, that's the most <laughs> Lemmy thing in the world to say. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, I'm always fascinated by these 3D, you know, and 
I've seen pictures of Stephon, but you you hear all the time about oh, you know, so and so being at a at a Raw or at a SmackDown or whatever or wherever at an event, and they had it set up to you know scan them for a figure and stuff. And then that's always fascinating. I mean, how how much that's you know advanced. And yeah, absolutely. Just going from taking photos and practically trying to lay it over the top of a 3D model and just hope that it doesn't suck, <laughs> basically yeah. being the extent of it. Yeah, I mean, I oh man, I remember you know some of the first WWE figures coming out in the in the six inch or whatever they are. You know those bone crushing ones, and I saw them. And I'm like, oh man, these are great. Yeah. They look so good. And now you look at them, you're like, oh my god, those are horrible. They don't. <laughs> they look so bad compared <laughs> to modern stuff. It's like, but uh, I guess that's true for anything though. No, but, uh, exactly. And to be fair, looking at some of the modern figures and stuff as well, it still looks oh, like yeah. there's a. You still get the occasional really, really trash scan makes its way through to uh, mass production. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, it's like how do they in this modern day? How do they mess up so bad on some of them? It's oh, wild. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's really odd. Yeah. So you got so you got this collection. You've got all this stuff. What in your mind? What What do you think is your your rarest or the oddest thing? That you have in your collection relating to the ECW video game. The rarest or oddest things. Or maybe what was the hardest to find or you saw it and you thought, oh, or, you know, look at this. And, and you know, that uh, maybe you didn't know or didn't expect to find or, or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a little bit strange in, in a sense of, you know, when you deal with some of the bigger titles, if you deal with your, you know, your Super Mario series and, and things like that, it's well established what are the rare items and what aren't. When you start to get to some of these games where the fan base isn't quite so big and there's not quite so many people hunting for it, you don't really get that established hierarchy of of what's the pinnacle, like what's the grail versus what's the run-of-the-mill everyday item. You've obviously got your, your standard copies of the games on, on PlayStation and Dreamcast. I mean, hell, even even a nice copy of the uh, the Game Boy Color version of, of Hardcore Revolution is a little bit harder to find in, in really good condition. And a lot of other things. Uh, a really nice to a, a mint condition copy of the Nintendo 64 game is is still eluding me at this point. I've I've got a really I've got quite a nice copy that I've had signed by uh, RVD at a convention a few years back, which was quite cool. But a, a truly mint condition copy is is still to this day evading me. I've uh, I've had a guy on my radar for about a year now who's uh, who's still stringing me along. But you've you've <laughs> got to play up in these cases to uh, keep them sweet. Of, Hey, dude. Yep, I'm. I'm still here. I'm still very interested. Please <laughs> yeah. don't pull my pants down on the price when you decide what you want for it. But yeah, yeah I'm still totally here. But uh, some of the things you, you wouldn't even really expect to be as rare as they are. Like, say, for example, the uh, the the video game, the, the guide, the strategy guide for mm-hmm. Anarchy Rules. Uh, I've never seen a, a really nice condition copy of that. The, the nicest one I've ever found, and the one I own currently has chunks missing out the front of the cover from where stickers have been on it quite a bit of spine damage from where it's been used quite well um strangely my hardcore revolution strategy guide and pocket guide are in really nice condition they you know they're really really good but for some reason anarchy rules just doesn't seem to be as readily available anywhere um as for some of the others you've got the uh the hardcore revolution promotional vhs tape there was a while where you know those sealed popped up semi-frequently but i've not seen one of those for quite a few months now i don't know if i'm just not looking in the right places anymore or perhaps now i've got this stuff i'm not looking quite so hard so i'm not finding it but yeah that one's disappeared pretty bad um the promotional only copies of hardcore revolution for the dreamcast was uh was quite difficult to get hold of the promotional only copies for for any of this stuff can be quite difficult the playstation ones 
seem to have been coming up a bit more frequently, but the Dreamcast version of Hardcore Revolution was a nightmare to find. But even then, it, it depends on the market. A lot of the stuff that may be easier to find in the UK is a nightmare to find in the US and, and vice versa. Obviously, given the region differences between the games, what I would be searching for in a sealed copy, black label copy of Hardcore Revolution here is, you know, you, you get a few copies, none that are to an, you know, to an exacting standard, none that are absolutely incredible, must have that are really mint, no cracks, no tears in the cellophane or anything like that. But then my knowledge of how rare that might be on your side of the pond, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know how rare it is there. But for me, it, the bits that are in my collection, the bits that I truly hold up as being some of the rarest and some of the bits that I, I enjoy the most are some of the simplest. Just the sealed black label copies of the games, the, the game guide, you know, just things like that. I've got a, a signed um, T-shirt from the, uh, the Hardcore Thursday, the release date for... Uh, hardcore revolution in the u.s signed by a few different people that's that's up on my instagram oh hell yeah no i totally forgot scratch all of that all of that scratch all of it my my rarest my coolest and my favorite and the reason it doesn't come to mind is because i don't actually have it on display is a store promo poster promoting the launch of the game i believe it was in an electronics boutique in kentucky from the night of a live show uh that uh a, a good friend of mine on on, on instagram that, that many of you may follow as well uh at too fast for blood uh oh, yeah. really really good dude uh he hit up a lot of the shows back in the days and a lot of the footage from the live shows he reached out to me when my account was really still quite young and it was like oh hey man I've, I've got a poster kicking around somewhere you know when i dig it out i'll, I'll let you know oh that'd be sick dude thanks so much and long story short through over a period of time he he, he sent it out to me bless his heart he, he actually sent it out to me completely free of charge from oh. it, it promotes a signing that uh, i believe it was tommy dreamer and francine did on the, the day of this uh, this live show and he said yeah i got it on the day i met them both i was able to i was able to take the poster home oh it's it's doing no good in my collection i may as well give it to somebody who's going to truly love it and and that was really something that also drove home the sense of community in the in the ECW fan base as well. But that is far and away, I'd, I'd say, the rarest and my favorite of my entire collection. Yeah, and you you talked about the shirt and the in the, the side. Is this the same shirt that Dreamer wore like out to uh, at a show? Uh, so is it, he wore a, a copy of that shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not yeah, but is this, is it the same style? Same <laughs> shirt. Yeah, I'm obviously not maybe not the same. What, was it tied to that day with that signing? Was it the event that night? No, 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 it wasn't. It, these were shirts that were sent out around the US. That there's actually two different promotional shirts for Hardcore Revolution. Now, this okay. is where you really start to get into the, the 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 nerdy collector side of the ECW games. There's two different versions. So, there's one version that's just a plain back black shirt, which, from my knowledge, was sent out to. I know it was sent out to at least KB Toys. Now we didn't have KB Toys here in the UK, so I know these were only in the US at least for this one. I don't know if it went out to any other stores. But it just had the ECW Hardcore Revolution logo in the chest. And that was it. It wasn't wasn't very big, just plain black shirt with that on the chest. Boom, that version. Now the second version, the one that I was lucky enough to get this signed, uh, signed uh, version of last year, I think it was. This is one that doesn't come up as often as the one just with the logo on the front. The the logo on the chest is bigger on this version, 
And on the back, it has Hardcore Thursday, and then the release date and a couple of other logos on the back. And and this one is that that one's a bit more sought after because of the extra info and the extra detail it has on it. But yeah, two of those, and that is the one that uh, Dreamer can be seen wearing in uh, in that show that that night of that signing. The the date of it escapes me, and the date of the uh, sorry, the location of the show escapes me. But I know I posted it recently on the uh, yeah, on yeah. the anniversary of Hardcore Revolution. Yeah. So yeah, like you talked earlier with with you know lots of properties out there that are that are huge or have huge audiences. I mean, there's books and there's guides and everything for these collectibles. Obviously, with something this this small or this uh, finite, there's not. So how I mean, how do you come across knowing that? Like the information, the information of oh, there was this shirt in the U.S. and this shirt here and I mean, is it just as you explore and search and talking to people and say, oh, it, you know, I mean, this turns up or, or, just, or you see this stuff? How do you find out these small differences in these things? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how, does no, that, how do you come across that information for something this this deep? I mean, this small. Yeah, no, it is, it is very much as you say. It's, you know, when when something pops up on eBay, I always I, I actually get a, a, an element of enjoyment out of reaching out to the seller and saying, hey, you know, what, what's the story behind this item? Like, how did it come to? to be in your collection how did you come to own it and a lot of times it'll be that they'll have a little story or at the very least it'll be oh i don't really know man you know i, I bought it several years ago from from another guy i knew and you know i didn't really do much with it i don't know where he got it from i tell you and I, you know i'll then send another message well, this is gonna be really strange from a complete stranger you know <laughs> thousands of miles away would you mind maybe reaching out to your buddy and getting a bit of background on it and then this is where this, the story starts to come together. And that was how I found out about KB, KB Toys for that particular version of the shirt. And uh, funnily enough, that was how I came to have my copy of Anarchy Rules for the Dreamcast. That one I actually bought from a chap in Australia who used to work for Acclaim in some capacity. I didn't ask too much about that side of things, but he said, yeah, this was, this was his own copy of the game, played maybe twice oh man this sounds almost too good to be true and man this thing turned up i opened the box and it is literally like i stepped back in time and received this thing for the first time myself from a claim it is so clean the disc is so crisp the manual is untouched like genuinely these are the things as as a game collector let alone an ecw or wrestling collector you you, you kind of wait for these kind of gems to turn up from time to time. Yeah. But to have it in this condition and to be able to speak to the guy and say, oh, yeah, I work for a claim. I did this and that. You know, that kind of stuff was was really, really awesome. But, yeah, it's, it really is just a matter of just asking the question. There will be some things where I'll see someone else in the community has, has, has picked it up. I mean, I've, I've had an eBay alert set up for I don't even know how long now at this point for a, a hardcore revolution foam finger. The extreme collector has had posted on his uh, on his feed for a while now, yeah. and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And it, it has been a good couple of years since I first saw that, and I've set that alert up, and never again have I seen one. Yeah, but, uh, one day, one I day. Can't imagine those turn up too often. <laughs> no, no, I shouldn't think so. And, you know, yeah. sitting in people's sitting in people's garages or sitting in people's lofts or. You know, under beds and in cupboards like the state that some of them might turn up in you know things that might be covered in just being a fine finger but yeah to find a nice one i think is going to be like hen's teeth at this point seeing as finding one full stop has been quite so difficult yeah and and here i'm going to ask something and, and you may not have an answer for this because you've been doing this for so long but as you've you've looked for stuff and talked to people is there anything that you've 
heard about that, maybe a rumor or whatever, but you've never confirmed something that's out there that you're always keeping your eye on, but you've never, never seen a confirmation that this even exists. Just, just a rumor or at, the, at this stage of the game is, have you worked past all that? No, that, that is a good question. I mean, for the most part with, with all of this stuff, once something is discovered, once some, whether it be rumor or somebody has hands on it for the first time, it tends to come to light and immediately catch fire and everybody knows about it pretty, pretty quick, whether it be the first person that found it, you know, is, is feeling super stoked and just really wants the pride of saying, Hey, everybody, look what I've got. Or it would just be the hushed whispers of, Hey, don't say anything, but you know, I found this out. I'm currently working a deal to get my hands on it. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, now I've got to try and find me one of those as well. <laughs> like it, it is very much that, but as yeah, I, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that, is you know i've i've never seen confirmed or anything that i've heard necessarily whispers of that that hasn't come true i mean that there's bound to be things that some of the some of the workers will will have had potentially yeah. from the time around the games a lot of them seem to you know seem to have said their extent of time with the games was nothing more than those reference photo shoots that's really the extent of it all they turned up they took some photos hey thanks see you later that was it some of the guys did some some motion capture. A couple of the guys did uh, uh, did perform at one of the E3 uh, Electronics Entertainment Expos uh, back in the day. They uh, Acclaim had a ring set up yeah. in their actual uh, little area. So they had a few guys wrestling over the course of the weekend. I was lucky enough to speak to uh, Roadkill about that a couple of years ago. And uh, he sent me these ridiculous photos. I don't know if you've seen them of... Uh, a few of the guys working those shows that weekend, and the Olsen twins, oh, actually no, Mary no. Jane Olsen. Oh no, I don't. They were at the booth. Yes, yeah, so I'm assuming the girls were there promoting one of their games. I know they had a couple of games back in the day as well when their TV show was doing quite well. <laughs> yeah. And just strangely, if if memory serves correct, I want to say there was Roadkill, Doring, Chetty. I don't. I can't remember if there was anybody else in these particular photos anyway, posing with Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> they had to have thought, what the hell is this? What is, who are these guys? I can't, that, man, that is the most odd couple <laughs> group of, ah, uh, that's it. That, there was another one as well where they met, uh, ice T ice T was also at this show and they had a photo taken with him. Now, it, again, I haven't seen these photos in a little while. I want to say Ice T's eating a sandwich, <laughs> and the ECW guys just walked up like, "Hey man, I'm, I'm really sorry. Can I get a photo?" <laughs> Poor dude's probably just turn around like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, man. Just, just let me finish finish my bite, and I'll be right with you." Uh, <laughs> like, it's it's I mean, crazy that the universes that, that would have collided over the course of that weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> these, these are just the strangest things. Well, we 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 say that, and then WrestleMania 2000, Ice uh, T walks. Uh, yeah. Walks out, uh, Godfather and D-Lo Brown. That's true. Yeah, I just, oh man, the Olsen twins. That, I, I mean, I guess my knowledge. I didn't even know they had video games for the Olsen twins. I, I mean, I wasn't even. I'm not even that. You have more knowledge on the Olsons than I do. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's about the extent of it. But here, here's a question that will really blow your mind. If if the concept of it blows your mind enough. Now here's a question that that you know could be akin to if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? <laughs> yeah. The Olsen twins walk up to a bunch of ECW guys. Who asks who for the photo? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> who's, who's would... having a photo with who? Are the ECW guys having a photo with the Olsen twins, or are the Olsen twins having a photo with the ECW guys? Uh, I would think it would be the ECW guys <laughs> asking, but I mean, I, I guess you could never know. <laughs> I don't know. The Olsons don't strike me as the ECW fan kind, but. Hey, who knows? Who knows? There may be other photos that follow those up with the two girls frying up the new Jack X's. We're never going to know at this point, I don't no. know. I mean, what's the... Oh, man, I'm shooting a blank now. The the actress and her husband that uh kept going to the PWG shows in California and kept putting up pictures of them, like, right there in the mob front row, like that Joe Manja... What's his name from True Blood? That guy and his wife. I can't remember what her name is. Uh, no, that's, that's escaping me that uh, one as well. She's a, yeah, she's a big actress. But anyway, I mean, you would have never thought... But they were wrestling fans, much less, you know, be into something like, you know, PWG and be there in that mob and that crowd That's just right true. there at ringside. Not exactly. So it's pretty wild. Uh, and uh, wrestling's coming a long way, man. When I was young, it's, you know, you, you barely, <laughs> you barely admitted you, you liked it, you know, and now it's like, it's, it's so mainstream. It, it, it blows my mind sometimes. Oh, so, it's, it's also, it's also cyclical. Like you, it will go oh, through yeah, phases yeah. where it's so mainstream and it appeals to, you know, dudes in their 20s and 30s for that brief yep. period of time, and then it all disappears again. And funnily enough, I saw a, an Instagram reel earlier today of a, a guy walking walking into his, his friend's room. And he's, oh, what are you watching? Wrestling. Oh, you're watching two oily, grown-ass men throwing <laughs> each other around and fighting? Yeah. Oh. Oh, who's fighting? <laughs> it goes from just wanting to rinse it to every like so many people have that relationship of man i used to really like that if you get somebody yep. talking about the rock austin the hardys the dudley's edge and christian you get somebody on those themes who used to watch it like you, that that smile is instantaneous and they're yep. taken back and suddenly the judgment is totally gone and people are just back to that passion that they had when they were a kid and even if it was yep. just when they were a kid there's still that connection where suddenly they're just reminded of damn, that was actually a really good time. I wonder what is going on right now. Yeah. And with WrestleMania just gone, uh, talking to some of my friends, like, oh, yeah, yeah, WrestleMania was last weekend. <sighs> oh, man, I haven't watched wrestling in years. That sucks. That's lame. Like, oh, yeah. Well, they had, uh, they had Stone Cold was, uh, was back in the yeah. ring again. Really? Steve Austin? Oh, man, I used to love that dude. The Texas Rattlesnake, right? Yeah. Breaking glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same dude. <laughs> oh. And I tell you, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little older and uh, been watching for a long time and talked to a lot of people. I'll tell you, ev- almost everybody you'll encounter has a wrestling story in some way or shape or form. Sometime in their life, wrestling has entered it, whether it be them, someone they know. Everybody seems to have some form of a wrestling story in their life. I, 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 I believe it. Even my partner, she was never she'd never watched wrestling in her life. I mean, she only really got introduced to it properly when she started seeing the mountains and stacks of DVDs and stuff. I've got <laughs> even she had a story of, yeah, my, my two brothers weren't allowed to watch wrestling or Power Rangers or any of that stuff when I was little. But then one time they decided they wanted to have a wrestling match on my parents' bed and I was the referee. As soon as <laughs> as soon as one threw the other and it broke the bed, I went running out of the room. Mom, mom. Yeah. That's I mean that's why my my dad, man, all my childhood. I was, oh, why are you watching that stuff? That's fake. Why you, that's horrible. Why you and then it's just all of a sudden he's like, Yeah, that stuff's not been real since well, when I used to go to the fairgrounds and watch Dick the Bruiser. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? You just <laughs> You seriously, and then come to find oh, no, out that, that, that was fake too. No, yeah. no, 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 it wasn't. No way. Yeah, but come to find, out, I mean, come to find, out, he didn't miss shows. He went. He was just as pretty much as as rabid as I was. Just a different era. I mean, I'm like, that's that's how it all is, though. Every era, it's like 
they think the next era is oh that's horrible that <laughs> i'm no, like so true so true there'll be, kids, there'll be kids watching now that will grow up and say a decade or so from now they'll watch back and say oh man it, it was it was so much better when i was younger it was so much yeah. better when aew had just started <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh all right so let's let's tie back to the games a little bit here so uh Tell us, tell us about you personally, your love for the games. Uh, why, why are these important? These games important to you as a wrestling fan, and, and your past with wrestling. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent for nostalgia. I know some people can look at nostalgia, and it, it depends how how you feel about it and how you really, you know, consume your own nostalgia. Some people will will feel it's like being stuck in place, and you never really kind of progress and move forward in your life. For some people, it, it's it's a safe space. It's it's a way to you know kind of throw yourself back to a, a happier time in life. For for me, it's just a throwback to spending so much time with my friends. To summers watching, as I said, I didn't have Sky TV, so I was very restricted on how much WWF I could watch and no uh, ECW at all. I'd have WWF Heat at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon on Channel Four, and then on a Friday night there would be a double bill of The Simpsons on BBC Two, mm-hmm. maybe followed by The Fresh Prince or possibly even Malcolm in the Middle, and then you'd flick over to Channel Five for WCW Worldwide, the uh, the kind of highlights reel one where it would be it would combine footage from Nitro and Thunder, yeah. and anytime somebody would get hit with a weapon. It would have those cheesy ass like Superman graphics <laughs> pop up on the screen. Pow, bash, crash, yeah. that kind of thing. And and you know just the gorgeous summer nights with the the ice cream van pulling up at the end of our driveway to run out with my dad to get something to eat. So, you know that my my love for the games really comes from thinking back to that time. I I had a a, a birthday where I had a few friends over and we were playing uh, SmackDown. Just bring it. So yeah. that was around the time of the invasion. So by this point, they're all starting to really learn who RVD is. They're, you know, they're a little bit more clued up on who Raven is, albeit, you know, a point, a sore spot for a lot of ECW fans, the <laughs> WWE yeah. version of Raven versus what is effectively our version of Raven, yeah. Rhino and stuff like that. So for this birthday, we stayed up real late. We're, we're still like, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old. In, in my parents' living room, we're taking turns working through the career mode to try and unlock more creator points and unlock more parts to be able to create RVD. And on this night, we actually unlocked all the parts we needed to be able to make RVD, albeit a really piss-poor version of <laughs> RVD in that kind of skull gear that he wore for uh, Guilty as Charged 2001 and then more again for Invasion. Yeah. And, you know, that, again, the, the memory of that is, is so vivid. And that's why my love for all of these games is as strong as it is. Just thinking back to time spent playing uh, Hardcore Revolution on the Nintendo 64. I used to, I say I used to, my mum, bless her heart, she used to hire, so she used to rent uh, a copy of Hardcore Revolution from a, a local rental store. There was a couple of doors down from the supermarket we used to go to. And damn, I must have rented that thing a hundred times. I must have rented it I, <laughs> sorry i keep saying i must have rented it she must have rented it for me so many damn times and when that that place eventually went bust and when they did they sold all of their games that they used to rent out and it's one of my most sentimental items in my collection i actually own that copy from that rental shop oh nice so still with the super super battered outer box (laughs) <laughs> Still with the coloured sticker on it to dictate how much it would be to, you know, to rent it out for four or five nights. 
yeah. still with the, the cart that had people's creator wrestlers on it, including some of my own. And yeah, it, that's where my love for these games come from, almost exclusively from a, a nostalgic, you know, love for my childhood kind of position. Yeah, it's it's wild. The, like when you talk about the, the ECW video games or the action figures or the magazine, man, I think it it's such a wild testament to how this this little promotion in the East from Philly that started, you know, out of whatever, like any other little independent, and what they became. In this powerhouse, I mean, running on you know, <laughs> bounce checks and shoestring budgets and and lies yeah. and everything else, and and keeping you know trying to keep the train running. But it's so wild. I mean, what they did with this this little crew and this little staff, and I don't I don't know that you know I mean we could ever see that again. I just don't know whether no. you know situationally it could even happen again. And it's it's no. so so wild. No, I've, I've I've had this conversation a few times as well with different people. It's I just think that be- between the combination of social media, uh, mobile phones, even down to camera technology, even something as simple as watching back WrestleMania 17 and seeing, you know, in, in air quotations, the, the flashbulb moments, like where all the cameras would go off at the same time, like that visual spectacle of some of those bigger moves. All of that is totally gone now just because you'll have a smartphone held up where someone yep. can take a decent photo of something or can video it. No flash, nothing needed. But also the dirt sheets and all of that kind of stuff. Like all of that is so readily available. All the rumors, all the access is also easy to get hold of. A lot of the guys that, that are on Twitter, like a lot of the wrestlers that use Twitter and Facebook and things like that. I mean, I've got nothing but love for guys that will use their social media as an extension of their work. Yeah. So you, you'll get some of the guys that will use it to really expose the real them and to show their, you know, quote unquote, their, their shoot selves, their shoot lives outside of the business. Yeah. But then you have some people that will still use it as a vehicle to propel their storylines, to propel their characters. And, and that I love because yeah. that is where you will still capture the imaginations and still, I don't know if fool people is really the right terminology, but you will still catch people out where they'll buy into it as a real situation, only from time to time. A lot of the time, it's, it's clear as day. It's, oh, okay, this is a work. This is all part of the story. Fair enough. Yeah. But there are those situations where some guys will use the modern tools in an old-fashioned way. Right. And you can you can see in the comments and the replies on these posts of, oh, damn, this is real. Oh, he's really <laughs> going for him. Like, oh, he's really pissed off. And yeah. you could just imagine dudes at the other side of his phone up like, <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. So, hey, I, and I've, I, I talked, I've talked to a, a gentleman from acclaiming, and I got a, a little talk on this next question, and you may have two in all your explorations, but if there had been another ECW game, a third one, where do you think it would have gone? Or if you have, I've heard rumors, what, what do you, you know, out there, whatever, where do you think the third one would have gone? I mean, excluding so, everything else with the companies, just say everything had been of course. still going, of course. But of course, so so even if a claim had hadn't, sorry, gone kaput, yeah. Which obviously there, there's still questions to be asked, and as much as you know, they 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 owned part of ECW, so would it have been as black and white as ECW being able to say, you know what, you you fed us you fed us an absolute lion with telling us how good you know Anarchy Rules was going to be, that it was going to be completely overhauled and this and that. We're going to go with a different company. We're going to go to somebody else. Now, in a one of the GCW podcasts, I don't know if it was the GCW podcast or if it might have been a, a podcast related to uh, 
Kevin Gill, KG, who does a lot of the commentary for GCW. Yeah. He um, was involved in the development and a lot of the background stuff of the backyard wrestling games, for example, right. and uh, several other games. He was he was all all clued up in in a lot of games back in the day. I, in the podcast that I listened to, where he was discussing a lot of this, he said that uh, I believe it was, I want to say, oh, Midway. So bear with me. I've got right, backyard wrestling's right in front of me. What was the name of the developer? Idos. That's it. Idos. So he worked for IDOS at the time, and they were all but set to create the third ECW game. They were all but, you know, signed on the dotted line. Everything was ready to go. Everything was lined up, ready to, to hit the green button and get things started. That must have been either the back end of 2000 or the very start of 2001, because he said no sooner than the decision was made to go for it. ECW had gone pop. The whole thing died a death. And everything just fell apart. Now, from my understanding, some of the parts that had already been put into motion to make that happen went on to become. Let me have a quick look here, just while I remember. I don't want to name this wrong. You can probably hear me reaching around on the uh, <laughs> on the shelves behind me. That was it. It went on to uh, become Acclaim's Legends of Wrestling. Obviously, oh, yeah. the first one had. Uh, Terry Funk and Van Damme and Sabu. Yep. So, you know, they, they still had a lot of that part there. And in fact, some of the, one of the, the other cool things I have in my, in my collection is um, Rob Van Damme's own uh, pass for E3 to attend and promote Legends of Wrestling from back in the day. Oh, cool. um, so some of the stuff that Acclaim had started working on for a third ECW game went into Legends of Wrestling. But as for what IDOS could have made, I, I couldn't begin to guess. But at the time was when things were switching from uh, the PlayStation 1 generation through to PlayStation 2. Yeah. So could we have seen 3D modeled? Could we have seen uh, bigger, better match types? Could we have seen crazier weapons? I mean, as I say, uh, IDOS and you know KG went on to work on backyard wrestling. So if you play that, could that be an indicator of, as to what we could have expected from a third ECW game? Would it have been quite as arcadey and quite as crazy as the backyard wrestling games were? Or would it have tried to fall more in line with SmackDown, where it was you know, simpler than uh, Hardcore Revolution and Anarchy rules were, but still really quite rooted in professional wrestling as opposed to being a, an arcade game? I, I like to imagine it may have followed the suit of the SmackDown games, Mm-hmm. but they were never going to be with the developers of SmackDown. So yeah. you can only go by what IDOS had managed with Backyard Wrestling. So I like to imagine one thing. I can <laughs> probably hazard a guess what it might have been. Who's to say it wouldn't have been another absolute car crash? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it, we, we, it's all guesswork at this point. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Polly, Polly, uh, <laughs> Lying and leading people on uh, right till the end there, wasn't he? Just even the game. Oh, <laughs> surely I not. Surely Pauly. not. I love Paulie, but of course I've <laughs> I've not done business with him. I guess so. I mean, you know, but uh, I guess I uh, guess a lot of us that uh that, that still still say he's he's a good dude and oh it can't be that bad. Uh, I'm not the one still uh, still hanging on to the bounce checks. Yeah, probably not. Oh uh, well, hey but Luke, thanks for coming on. Before we get out of here though. Make sure to tell everybody where can they find you on social media because they're going to want to follow you and see some of the cool stuff that you're posting. Of course. No, and, you know, first of all, before I get into that, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is the first podcast I've been 
fortunate enough to be a part of you know, i've cool. really enjoyed chatting with you in the run-up and i've really appreciated chatting to you today it's been a lot of fun but um yeah to be able to find me uh mainly i'm on instagram at the extreme gamer you can find me on facebook as well I have a facebook page there um really that's about it i don't tend to use twitter twitter a great deal i use it for for complaining to you know to various things and things go sideways so maybe just stick to instagram and facebook for now i, I appreciate any any and all love that comes my way I, I appreciate a good debate over how things are going in wrestling today or how things were back in the day i'm a i'm a massive fan of the invasion angle so i'm, I'm used to getting it absolutely piled on me for, <laughs> for sticking up for that so yeah bring it bring it on tell me why the invasion sucked and i'll tell you why you're wrong well there you have it. I'll, I'll put uh, i'll put a link i'll put a link in the show notes to his uh, to his twitter and his facebook and everybody jump on in and, and talk invasion with luke Support This Is Extreme and buy the This Is Extreme shirt. Show the world that you are part of the revolution and that you support our podcast and the history of ECW. Go to tinyurl.com slash shirt and buy yours today. And there you have it. Thank you to Luke, the Extreme Gamer. For coming on doing that interview. That was a great interview, man. I, I loved doing it. I had so much fun. I know you had a blast listening to it. Uh, it's so cool to look into that side of, of something like uh, like this, like talking about the ECW video games, to look at that collector side uh, and someone who's a huge fan and very passionate about something. Uh, it's always fascinating to uh, to talk to them about their journey into building their collection. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, we will have part two. I'm not going to announce uh, my guest for that just yet. I'm kind of superstitious in that way. I don't like to to say anything till I'm sure the interview is uh, in the bag. I'm afraid, you know, it's going to mess up everything, man. All that karma and mojo out there. But we will have, uh, all, if all things go well with the uh, interview, we will have a part two about the video games coming up for you in a couple weeks. So make sure you share, tell all your friends to listen to This Is Extreme. And just remember, wherever you go and whatever you do, always remember, be good, be safe, and always keep it extreme. <laughs>